Welcome to the Johnny Cassell Show. This is your number one resource for dating and lifestyle advice. Hi guys, welcome back to the Johnny Cassell Show. Today I have a very special guest with me. It's Marnie at the Wing Girl Method. She's the ultimate wing girl for you guys. Marnie, it's a pleasure to have you on board. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about today. Me too. Yeah. Even though I don't know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> well, I've got, I've got it, and I think, I think something I didn't talk too much about on my channel is about sort of like long-term relationships, marriage, uh, parenthood, simply because I haven't been through that stage of my life yet, yeah. so I'm not qualified to like, give that sort of information out. I'm so, going through it, and I'm still not qualified to talk. About right, it. we're still learning. I want to share what you have learned about it, right? But before we yeah. get there, yeah. before we get there, what's your story? How did you get into this industry? Uh, what's okay. the trajectory? I feel like people are so bored of listening to this already. My, my, my story of getting into this industry is that it happened completely by mistake. Okay. I was at a singles mixer at a rabbi's house and I made a joke because that evening I had paired people up and I helped facilitate conversations for the men that were there and it worked really well. And I went home and I said, what if I was a wing girl? I hate my day job. And my roommate challenged me and said, mm, that's not gonna work. Guys don't care what women think and they don't want a woman's help for meeting other women. I think you're wrong. And I posted an ad on Craigslist, and by the next morning I had over 75 guys wow. who had written to me curious about what it was that I was doing. So I was like, oh, started a business. And then obviously I learned more along the way. It's been about 14 years now. Um, so it's transformed into something very different from what it was when it started, but that, that was my starting point. Amazing. Yeah. So, and how, you know, over the years, how have you changed the way that you've worked with clients and until like, I mean, obviously, you've, you live in a family life now, so it must be difficult to... Now I don't talk to them. Right? No. Um, the difference was, in, in the very beginning, I would go out with another wing girl. And, and do the she, whole wing girl thing, And I would right? be a wing girl. I would Excellent. be in a social setting with a guy, and I would help him meet women. And then what ended up happening was that I would go out for an outing, and most of the guys just wanted to ask me questions from a female perspective. How did I think about this, or this, or this? Or what do I do for this? Or how do I start a conversation? And so I would deliver my responses from my own female log of information. And I started to realize I was saying these things over and over and over again. So why don't I put these all into one place? And um, th that's when I stepped away from a live service, realizing that there was more information that was needed so that guys could actually do this by themselves. Because a man really who, who can't pick up women by himself isn't really much of a man in, from a female point yeah, of view. Yeah, well, you feel, you feel emasculated yeah, about that. Yeah, for him that and for, for the women as well. And like, even if it is you know, somebody helping you out, like a friend or something, that's totally fine. But if you don't have the goods to back up the introduction, then you're always going to fall flat on your face. So I learned that you had to you know, raise a man up first before he could even work with us on that level. And so I started delivering them that information. Just given the very festival. Skill sets and, yep. and, and then I started interacting with other people in our industry. So I started learning more. I started reading more. I started learning way more about psychology and about uh, pickup and about attraction. And now I've interviewed nearly 5,000 women and I have a podcast wow. called the Ask Women Podcast yep. where we've done 260 episodes. So I have tons of experts that come onto that show as well. So I have not only my female perspective, but like, like a vast, um, tool belt that I can pull from for information and that's where a lot of my theory and beliefs come from. So before we get on to the relationship kind of stuff I think yeah. like having said that about you know the female perspective and it's it's something that I looked I, I do include on my um, my team as well two fantastic uh, girls that 
that work with us. And um, you know, something that a lot of guys get from that is what's going on in a woman's head before the guys even made the approach. Mm -hmm. So can we explore that a little bit more? Like, yeah. you know, what, are you, what sort of advice are you sharing of guys in terms of, you know, if, if there's women out there at the bar, they like look off, you know, what are all the key things to factor in before and as they make that approach? Key things to factor in? Like that she's gonna be thinking when she sees you and when you're talking to her. Yes, well number one, if she's interested in what she sees, she will potentially be kind of nervous. So if she does make eye contact with you and you're across the bar or wherever it is that you see each other and you make eye contact back and she looks away, a lot of guys get really put off by that, thinking, oh, she's not interested. Right. But I know from, from me and from the other women that I've interviewed that that is just a moment of uncomfortability. Yep. So that the initial first response is to look away. Even if they're not attracted to the person looking at them, most people look down first. It's how they look back afterwards. I'm really that glad that you're saying really this. Thinking. Yeah. yeah. So like, if she does look back and it's still sort of like sly and cute, just to see if you're looking at her, then she's interested, and that's an opening for you. If she does look back up and she's like, like sort of angered by it or bothered, and she's trying not to look at you, and it's as if there's this feeling that she's sensing over her shoulder of somebody continuing eye contact that's unwanted her face will be much more stern and not so feminine so that it won't be um, as appealing to you. But if she is interested, she's going to try and like make herself a little bit more feminine in some way so that she looks over at you. She's not going to be this aggressive assertive woman who's like, mm, I, want, I want you to approach me, so I'm going to like give you the come hither look. Some women will do that, but a lot of women are more timid, so it'll be much more subtle, but it will still appear feminine and soft versus the sort of cold, cut off, covered up look that you may get, which is from somebody who doesn't want you to. And what about, you know, because a lot of concerns that guys have is, what I'm actually talking about is you know, women that challenge you, you know, and a lot of guys think that, oh, a woman's being tough, it means that she's not interested, she's trying to give me some shit. What's your view on that? It's the complete opposite right. to that. Yeah. That when a woman's being tough and challenging, she's saying, can you play with me? Exactly. And if you can't, then move on. Yeah. I'm not interested. This is my level. Let's play ball. So what, what sort of tips do you have for guys that, to, uh, that you can share that to, to help them get over that situation? Well, to get over that situation, you have to brush up on your conversation skills so that you're armed with either knowledge, wit, or your presence. So that you're not flustered by her having that type of seemingly control over you. So I myself did improv when I was younger. Yeah. And improv is an amazing thing that you can learn to do because it teaches you to pull conversation out of thin air and it teaches you how to handle working with somebody else to create something special and it's creating again something out of thin air so that's very helpful so that if somebody does throw a challenging remark your way you can remain calm and then you can move forward working with that person either by talking about what she's talking about because it's something of interest to you or moving the conversation in a new direction or being curious because you have no idea what talking about so it, it but it still helps you to maintain that strength so that you don't become emotionally rattled by her suddenly being the stronger presence in the interaction yeah something else that can really help you is just pulling in information for yourself be a knowledgeable person on a lot of things go on social media it's the easiest way to collect information about what's happening in the world right now so that you know how yeah. to have quick wit with somebody uh, read books just I, had a, I had a guy. Just gather information. I, I had a guy. He goes, Johnny, in my town, the girls are just different. I mean, 
I was talking to this girl and I asked her, what books do you read? She turns around and goes, who reads books? <laughs> like, really? Yeah. But actually, you know what, if you ask my co-host that, she was, I don't read books. I don't really read books either, to be honest. I did a lot when I was like first. But we've all read books. We've all read books before, exactly. But I think that's funny. But like the the response to that would be for him to not be rattled by that and put off, to find that interesting. Like, you don't read books. Interesting. We find that was always the last movie that you saw. Or continuing down the path of, you don't read books. What's it about books that you don't like? So always playing off that response. Yeah. If you're getting a response, like they're investing, right? It's not that they're investing, it's it's like, I don't think of it in my head as, I'm investing in you further. I'm just putting words out there. Yeah. It's not like I'm thinking, ooh, if this guy responds that way, then I'm totally gonna bone him later. Like, I'm not thinking about that. It's not, as, it's not as manipulative <laughs> and as calculated as men think it is. It's yeah. literally just like, I'm putting this out there, and by your reaction, I'll figure out what I wanna do with you afterwards. Because if you sort of shy away, I'm like, then it's draining, yep. and then, or it's deflating in some way. But if you kind of bounce back, then I perk up. I'm energized, and like I will ride this roller coaster. You know, I, I I describe it like as a game of tennis. You know, yeah. like you serve one, and then you serve one back, and the I'd actual say volleyball. Thing, interesting. Volleyball, right? British, <laughs> but the thing is, I don't actually want to win. No, I want no them winning. to win. I actually want them to beat me in my own game. Well, you just want to have fun. You right. want to play a game. You're like right. play with me. Same thing with, you know, I used to play a lot of video games and. I, I You're a like, gamer? Yeah. yeah. Like old school video games. Well, like what video Mario games? Kart. Like not yeah, like, Mario Kart. Not like of Mario. World of Warcraft. I can't understand <laughs> any of that stuff. It's too, too, too technological for me. Um, but like I, I used to, if somebody else wasn't so good, I didn't want to play with them anymore. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, my, my turn is lasting an hour long. Yours is three minutes. So it's not really as, in, it's not enjoyable. But if like we can play together and there's some challenge there, then it's something's interesting. Not saying that everybody has to be super witty and super challenging. You can still be um, quiet and reserved or a little bit mysterious or even shy and still maintain that same energy level between another person by sharing in that experience. The thing else I want to talk about is, you know, we just spoke about it on the podcast a moment ago, was about you know, how women find you know, talking openly about sexual content. You know, a lot of guys still feel that's quite taboo. And especially if you've got guys that come back from a certain cultural background, you know, it's, it's a completely new reality for them to actually have sort of conversations mm-hmm. on this level with women. What would you say from a female perspective, um, you know, if a guy's, you know, talking sexual to you perhaps, um, you know, how, what's going through your mind? Like, how are you gonna to respond to that? Well, it depends when and how. He Before you were in a relationship and, you know, you're, you're out. Mm-hmm. And but I'm just saying, like, even on our podcast, you said after five minutes, you, right. you can finesse your way into saying, like, what's your sexual fantasy? Right. And the thing is, is that there's certain men who can pull that off and there's certain men who cannot pull that off. Right. Well, let's talk about the men that, that you'd find out, like, okay, you didn't quite pull that off. What's, what is it about them that's not so successful? Because we haven't built up to that place yet to get to that sexual level and it feels like so if we're in conversation and he starts talking about sex when I'm not ready for it yet or we haven't worked our way up to that level it it's like he's on a separate conversation path um I'm trying to like picture the last time that this happened to me where there was something like listen I can talk about anything I'm very comfortable talking about sex and sexuality all of it um but there's certain people when they throw in sexuality it's like you can tell they're trying to take it somewhere or that it doesn't seem as genuine. Like you, 
yeah. the way that you ask that question to people, it's you're actually curious. Because yeah, you it's want come to from know, a place of curiosity. Like, I want to know how you think sexually, yeah. as opposed to like, so what do you think about sexually? It just, yeah. It's like a different way that you're expressing that. It's like, it feels like they, they know they're taking a risk me. saying it. Yeah, but you're seeing past me for some reason. Mm. It's like, I want to hear about what you like that's dirty, as opposed to like, what are you, what, like, what are you like doing? Like, what's your sexual fantasy? Like, what's your sexual... It, it, it just comes up... It, I don't even know how to explain it properly. No, I think and what like, you're saying, right, a, is like it's, it's coming from that place of curiosity as opposed to just putting it out there. Yeah. But yeah. like there's a lot of my female friends even where there's certain women I don't talk to about sexuality because... They're too conservative. You can tell by our prior conversations that that's not where they want the conversation to go to because you do it in step. So I have this program called the F Formula, and it's about how to escalate. And it, it, it tells you how to sort of test out at minimal stages where you can go with conversation. And so there's certain times where I'll be talking to certain girlfriends and I'll say to them, have any, have any of you ever been sexually assaulted? Like, I'll just put that out there to people that I've met once or twice because I know that they can handle that based on our previous conversations. Because yeah. obviously now it's a huge thing, sexual harassment, sexual assault, yeah. huge in the media in the United States and probably everywhere in the world right now. Um, but like there's other people who I know you can't go to that stage with because I've put little tidbits of personal information out there, either talking about my husband, not sexually, but just like sharing information and they steer the conversation just away from that. Just putting feelers out there. Yeah. yeah, and that gets you a gauge on how comfortable somebody is. Like exactly what you were saying before about building up a rapport and qualifying these women. Like you're, you're, it's not like you're testing, but you're saying like, okay, what can I talk to you about? Okay, I've, I brought something about my personal life and you closed it off and transferred that conversation to something more open and not so personal. That means you're not open to it being as personal with me. And I'll try it again as we become closer friends and see if they become more open up to it. Because people have different timelines of when they're willing to open up and share things with other people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well let's talk about um, relationships and how... Okay, the Tricky stuff. It's, it is tricky, you know. <laughs> You get a lot of strength out of uh, it's, it's a different animal. It really is a different animal. From um, you know, I've just come out of a four-year relationship, yeah. and it was a fantastic relationship. And um, you know, you, you learn a lot about yourself. There's a lot of compromises you make. There's um, you know, you you know, I think I think there's like a role reversal between like beta and alpha at times. If it's certain places that you clash, mm -hmm. and that's something you learn about only being in a relationship. Uh, what have you learned about being in a? How long have you been in your relationship for now? Thirteen years. Thirteen years. I'm married, great. Yeah. For. I've been married for my green card since 2008, so what is that? It's like nine years, and then married, so married for seven. That's crazy. Yeah, so a long time. Okay, so long what, time. What, what are like the important lessons you think you've learned over those 19 years? I know you're gonna like frown on me when I say this, but communication is key. But it's the way that, that you communicate. So um, I've learned recently, and this is recently after a 14-year relationship, and we've, I, I just had my second child as well. So um, when you have children, there's less time for patience and understanding, especially of your significant other. And it's, it's very challenging and hard, but it's mainly because you're giving your patience to those two other or one other person that you feel requires it more for survival and for your own survival as well. And you're tired and you're exhausted and there's just so many other things going on in your world that it is difficult to have that patience at times for your significant other. And it's, it's challenging and we work on it really hard. But something I've learned is that my husband, and even myself, I require more information from him and so does he. So if 
I say something quickly like, he has to go to bed now, or whatever it is, he, he actually needs more information. So I've started to provide more information to him as to why he needs, my son needs to go to bed well, at a certain time. Because for me, I've, I have a whole schedule in my mind and I'm working the way that I work with our children. My husband travels a lot, so it's me, it's on me a lot to do the family stuff in our nanny, but like to do the family stuff for um, our children. And when he comes back home, it becomes very challenging for him because he's like, ah, I'm being thrown into this routine. And then with me, I used to have very little patience and time to give to him to explain everything that was new that was going on. And so now what we have decided to do together because we've communicated about it in a calm and open way is that when he comes home, I have to give him a rundown of what is going on new in our household. What the new bedtimes are, what the new foods are, whatever it is that's new and different, or even reestablishing or having helping him remember what was happening when he so, left. So, so that, that, what you're saying right there, yeah. I mean, it's, at what point do you have that conversation? The conversation, um, when you can tell that things are not going as smoothly and you're starting you to feel like there's some conflict developing? Yeah, tension okay. and you're snapping at each other and the love is starting to fade away a little bit where you're kind of angry at that other person. It, it is, it's, it's very Where does sad. the anger come from? I mean, what, what, what is... It comes from... Um, I love that it's not being filled up, but for, for myself, <laughs> my husband, it's like... Uh, He's, we're just not getting needs met. So I, yeah. I'm i not getting the need met of feeling feminine. And feeling feminine, especially after you have children, is so important because you don't. You feel like all your femininity, even though you're doing the most female thing possible, it's stripped away from you. Your mom now, like the most, in, in a lot of women's minds, and my mind too, the most unsexy of women is like the mom or the grandmother. You're not like a young single girl anymore, like a, fiance like you're not in that stage you're the mom your body doesn't feel as great and you're tired and you can't go out as much and you you've changed your life completely you're now this person who can't be selfish and you're watching after these individuals and helping them grow and your a lot of your focus is on them and there is ways to still balance the use phase for sure but that does take some time to come back so it's for me not feeling feminine and it's for him not feeling valued and so once we could identify that those were the needs that weren't being met, then we can have a conversation about those things. And my husband and I talk about everything, trust me, like other people would roll their eyes at how much we do talk about things, but we can still have these struggles in between the conversations because sometimes you're just not even aware of what's going on. So like, for example, um, my husband and I were having some difficulties where we were getting to the point where we were just like, why are we doing this? Like, right. we don't even love each other anymore. And that is the most awful How do you recover, like, from feeling this? in the world. So we ended up, um, I, we both said, we, we, we want to work on this. And we have to like actually work on this and talk about how to move forward. So the, the number one thing is not having a conversation in the moment. And that was the biggest thing that we were having difficulty with. Is this based on emotion? Yeah, because yeah. I was super emotional, he was super emotional, and nothing ever got solved. And it just became defense, attack, yeah. and it was just not very helpful. So I had sent him a text message saying, like, okay, tonight, please set aside a couple of hours for us to sit down and talk. We'll make dinner together, and then we'll have a conversation. I hate those text messages. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> I know, and oh, he hated it too, I'm sure. But, like, we, there's no other way to do it. Yeah. And I love you, and please, like, I'm going to go in really open to talk about this. Please, you do the same. And he just 
wrote back, my husband, my husband is awesome. So he's like, yes, of course, that's exactly what I was going to write to you as well. And so I, then he likes things in lists so he can be prepared. Like I can speak off the cuff, no problem. He needs time to process and think about things. So I know that about him. So I wrote a list of the things that I wanted to cover. And I can actually even like read you. You've got the list? Amazing. Yeah, I can read you the list. You're going to see. This is like so I love this. Unsexy, this is, this is juicy content. It is. Because it's like a little peek into somebody's world. So, okay, so I wrote topics to discuss. So I said, number one is our roles. So it, it's how do we see our roles in the household? What are the things that we are responsible for? What do you want me to be responsible for? What do you, what do you want you to be responsible for? Um, what it means to be frugal, where to save. So we, uh, we have two homes right now. We actually just sold this one, so the mortgage is off the plate, finally. But, so we um, bought a home back in January that we're building. So we, like, I have a different mindset for saving money than he does. And so it was causing a lot of clashes between us. So I wanted to find out, like, where, what, what does it mean to be frugal? Because we both agree we want to be frugal right now, but again, different levels. Yeah. So we wanted to have a better understanding of where each person was. Um, how can we create a system for getting my husband back into the house? And so one of the bullet points is Marnie can make a list of new things and schedules and places for Jordan to help. Um, and then the next topic was how to bring things up to each other if we're upset and how to listen and be supportive. And then I wrote, how can Jordan feel involved without pissing Marnie off? Like, right, right. But so I sent this to him, and he's like, okay, these are the things that we're going to cover. And then we talked about them, like, really calmly, really openly. We both had time to process and think about them. And what was his list out of interest? Oh, this was his list. Oh, okay. Oh, so where was your <laughs> like, list? This is my So I sent him this list. Like, it's not like he brings a list okay. to the table. Okay. He's just like, okay, this is what we'll talk about. And All things right. come out of there. And trust me, there's frustrations on that level, too. But you have to understand exactly what your roles are. My role is I am the assertive woman in the household who likes to talk about things and make shit happen really fast. His role is something completely different. He gets other things done at, in a different way and he has a different skill set. So for me, I make the lists and not dictate what gets talked about because we can still talk about things he wants to talk about on Tuesdays. <laughs> but um, it just, it just like, I know that that's my role now in order for things to move forward in this house that's what has to happen and since then i will be honest it's been amazing so we did this a couple of weeks ago it is it's been like we're dating again like it you just i just feel so differently i'm being more patient in talking to him he's being more loving towards me and he's flirting with me and making me feel really feminine and it, it's wonderful because we're taking away a lot of that pressure and you're taking away the negativity yeah, yeah. And I, like I, I have to, I'm actually going to write a book about this, but it's called Stop Being a Bitch. Like for women as well, there's some, there's so many times where you're so angry at that other person because some, whatever it is that you're angry about, there's this tension built up in you where you, you don't find their wonderful things about them flirtatious. You don't find their efforts nice. And that's a big issue with every woman that I talk to. Every woman that I, woman that I talk to who has had children has the exact same complaints and frustrations. And I think that it's very sad that we haven't learned to break that cycle so that men don't feel so dumb after we have kids and women don't feel so burdened and heavy. Why do men um, feel dumb when it gets that stage? Because we help them feel dumb. Uh, because, I don't know, women get into survival mode 
when having kids. We don't know what we're doing either. And I think a lot of men believe that we as women have instincts to know what to do. And a lot of women take the things on that have to be done for children. It's, it's like their new job and it's much more serious to them. And a lot of men don't take it on the same way or don't feel it the same way. So there's that split right there where it's something that like my job is not important to you. There's already that, that challenge right there. Um, of not understanding, not having the desire to understand as much. It's, it's like neuroses on our part, but it's this new role that we're in and you can't really help it. It's, it's, just, it's just how it's happening. And I don't know if it's just with my group of friends, but I talk to women everywhere and it's the exact same thing. So then a lot of the times, again, as I said at the beginning of the conversation, you don't have patience for that other person. So you, I, I know that I didn't have patience for my husband to learn his own way things when I already had a system mm -hmm. in place that was working really well and with kids if you break a system that works it tends to screw a lot of things up either they wake up more and then typically it's the woman that goes in to help them because they can get the child to calm down a lot so it's a, it's a lot more put on to women and sometimes a lot of it's in your own head too where you're like if the system breaks we're fucked we're all screwed and it's really not like that but so I'll give you an example. So when my sister-in-law had her children, I didn't have children yet, and my husband and I were just dating at that point, or we were engaged. And I remember watching her with her first child, and she, everything that she would ask her husband to do, she'd be like, oh, just let me finish it, and she would just do it. Because she'd give him two seconds, and then he wasn't doing it right, and she, and I would be like, I'm never gonna be like that. And I have found myself So the guy just felt things. redundant. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what, exactly what you were saying on our show, what's my yeah. role? What, what is the, why am I supposed to be here? There's no need for me. And then it's like, ah, where do I fit? And, and then he he gets it in the ear for not being the man. Yeah. Because the man... She took it away from him. The man, exactly. The man in our eyes would say, I can do it. Move it. Lady, I know it. I've read 18 articles and I practice it on my dolly at home. Blah, 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 blah. And just do it. And that's not how it works. And it becomes disappointing. And so I'm making more of an effort to explain. To um, say, okay, not just... He needs to be in bed by this time. Can't you read my mind? It's, okay, I want to do this for later on tonight. I'd really love to get Noah down for sleep at this time, blah, blah, blah. Here's what I'd like to do. So then he's like, okay, I'm armed with information. Now I can be on board with it's, your plan. It's, not, it's like trying to snap yourself out of autopilot. Yeah. It's a bit it's explain very, what's going it's on It's very difficult. It's, that's a great, see that, this would have made a much shorter conversation had I just said it like that. But that <laughs> is a great way to sum it up. It's yeah. trying to snap yourself out of autopilot and it's very difficult to do when you're so tired and you're learning a new skill, and you're in it. And especially for me, not to say that like my work is more challenging than other people, it's not at all, but my husband comes and goes a lot, so I, I don't get into autopilot in a system with my husband. I get into an autopilot by myself where I can do everything. And then this other person comes in, and you're just like, I don't know how to fit you in. So that's why we wanted to talk about like how to fit him in properly so he can integrate himself. And if, if this is mainly being shown for men, the, the, the flip side of this advice is that it would be very helpful if, as a man, you sent out a list like this. You know what's really funny? <laughs> so I, I had a relationship um, years ago, and uh, it got to the point where, you know, there was some conflict going on, and it was like, you know, you're, you're trying to hold on to the relationship, and you're trying to sort out the problems and the issues, and I actually come up with something very similar. But I guess the issue is at the time, this particular person was just still very sort of immature 
um, you know, I wasn't able to even have a sort of conversation on that level, um, in which that's a mismatch. It's a mismatch. You just got to walk away from it because if that person hasn't had that much life experience to be able to understand that that's a thing, you know, that needs to happen, then it's just right. Well, this is the thing. So people, have you ever seen the movie Clueless? I haven't seen it. Okay, I'm sure you have not. I've watched it thousands of times, but in in it, she makes this one, I think, really prolific uh, comment, but she goes, you see how picky I am with my shoes and they only go on my feet when talking about giving away her virginity. And like, that's how you have to be when selecting a partner, a, a sex partner, whatever it is, like that comes with so much and you have to figure out like, okay, if you're picking somebody, like your girlfriend obviously was not a right match for you, unless she was willing to learn how to do the things that you're asking for communication and partnership, then that's like a, a soulmate if she's learned, willing to learn those things. If not, then right, it's done. It's okay, done. Sorry, I want to try and sway you back yeah. into your relationship. But um, but like you're picking a partner to live with, go through life with, go through yeah. hard times with, make decisions with, you're learning a There's going to be so many bumps in the road. You yeah, can't get exactly. over this one. And so, yeah, if you can't figure out like how to communicate, which is the essential piece, or like be open to communication, then. What do you think about this? Talking about like bumps in the road and like, you know, do you think a relationship can survive infidelity? I haven't had that in my life. I do know people who have it in their life and they have been able to move past that. Mm-hmm. I have other people who it becomes a fixation point and a lot of that trust is gone. Um, so it depends on who you are and it depends on yeah. where the infidelity comes from and it depends on if those wounds are healed. I don't have firsthand experience to speak of that, but I know that like, very close to me have had that and again some of it's subjective I, I agree it depends on a level of uh, psychology and I think like there's certain people out there that just keep you know there's like the open relationship formats and there's monogamous uh, yeah. formats and that's very reflective of where these people are in their psychology yeah. um, but that's a whole different conversation different yeah. rabbit hole to jump yeah. into um, okay uh, trying to think of what else uh, how do you how, how do you keep it like fresh like that's quite a stretch of time, but you know, like, how do you keep you know, it's the, keep the spice going in a relationship, keep the, the spontaneity. I mean, do you have date night and all this sort of thing? Or what? I don't label it as date night, but yeah, we try to go out at least once a week mm-hmm. for sure, sometimes twice. And how do you stop like that becoming monotonous? Or, like you know, just go into a restaurant or go into it. How do you switch that up? We don't really switch it up. We just. At the base, my husband and I have really great conversation with each other. And we have a lot of things going on right now that, you know, for us to talk about. So we we try to steer away from, like, the monotonous conversation, like, about our kids. So we try not to talk about them a little bit, for sure. Because there's so much other stuff going on. That's just... Yeah, but, like, that just is the same thing as what's in our household. So, like, um... I don't know, we just try to have new experiences and that sort of sparks new conversation or an old conversation to be had in a different way. Like, I still find that I learn new things about my husband where he's like, oh yeah, I had this when I was a kid. I'm like, oh, you did? Um, so like, my husband was on a shoot up in Portland a couple of weeks ago and he's like, well, why don't you come up for the day? And I was like, I don't know, why don't I come up for the day? Sure, I'll go up with you. So I flew up and we walked around Portland for the day and had like a nice dinner at new restaurants and stuff and explore new things. It just depends on what the things are that you guys connect on. We really like food and walking and coffee. Like, they're simple things, yeah. but they we really like them. And we like, you know, thinking deeply and having good conversations. So those are 
you know, easy to switch up. I remember like dating a son and girl and I remember being exposed to like, oh my shit, she has like a cleaner. Like that was a new thing for me. And then like since then, like every girl I've met has had a cleaner or help around the house. It's just typical of the sort of women I'm dating. And I think, you know, having help when you've got children certainly takes the pressure off yourself so you can give, you know, spend time doing your entrepreneurial things. You can, you know, find time for yourself and, and your partner. Um, it, how does one go about doing that? I mean, I'm just talking about someone that has no idea. Like finding even, a nanny? Like finding a nanny, trusting a nanny, and, mm. you know, I don't know, let's just explore that concept a little bit. Of like hiring a nanny, that's what you want to talk about? Well, hiring a nanny, trusting a nanny, and what it allows you to do. Because I think, like, a lot of people, they end up in arguments and sort of, like, to and fro in the responsibilities of the household work and the stuff to do with children when really yeah. I have that and I still have those conversations so it can be challenging right for sure but um okay so for us we both work and we wouldn't be able to really have children unless we did have somebody helping mm -hmm. with us um but actually I'm not even really sure what I'm speaking to now so like the roles that our nanny has that takes it away from well, in terms of like ourselves. what it allows you to do because like I feel that it allows us to get a break from our kids and for me to get some sanity so and I I still feel guilty and my husband still feels guilty having our own time makes us both feel guilty he's better with it than I am um, but I remember like so Carla when she first got here she was an au pair from Ecuador she's awesome um, and my first son was two months old and I worked from home. And in that first year, I was so tired. You're up like four times a night, like you're just so tired. But yet, even though I was working during the day, then I say, I still felt guilty if I wanted to go lie down in my room and take a break. So I wouldn't. And I would sit at my computer and I would work and I would exhaust myself. And that is the stupidest thing to do. I remember my husband said to me, I have to stop doing that. So for you know, second time around, I've been much better with doing that. But it's just, it's, it's, it's there you have help to help you but then sometimes it's kind of hard taking that help depending on how prideful you are depending yes. on what you see your role as um so usually that's supposed to alleviate some of that stuff for you yeah. and, and I, I, think... I have learned to have that happen and then now like i go to the gym for myself and sometimes we'll, we'll have her stay late one night during the week and then we actually have another babysitter that comes for four hours on the weekend. We either have it at night or during the day. Whether you've got children or not, you know, just like having someone you know, doing the cleaning, like that's, a, that's an argument that's just completely unnecessary, especially if you both are working professionals or entrepreneurial, um, you know, it just makes perfect. That's, that's something that I've actually stumbled across in my life uh, by cause and effect of having unnecessary arguments. Right, so I feel like that's why I wanted to talk about that in a bit more Yeah, depth. listen, I'm a big cheapo, and so even though we can afford a lot of things, we don't do it yeah. that often, and that's on me. Right. Um, but even for people who can't afford that stuff, there's other ways to get but around. But it's fairly inexpensive, that. you know, to have like yeah, a cleaner come I, in I or like some help. Like, it's just the, the idea of it sounds expensive to a lot of people. Yeah. So that's why I want to like think like, guys, if these are the sort of stresses and arguments you're having in your life, like look into these sort of things and take yeah. the load off. For sure. Know? If you if you are having arguments about the cleanliness of the house or the upkeep of the house or whatever it is, yes, 100% hire people instead of depending on the other person to do it. Like there was a period of time where I was like, oh, you're a man. You're supposed to hang things. 
And he's like, I don't want to hang things. I work a million hours a week. Right. I don't want to hang things when I get home. And then I found Handy.com. And I was like, oh, I can hire somebody to do this. And it's fairly inexpensive. And then we don't fight as much about this stuff. Right. Because if I want something hung, it's hung. And I usually group it together so that they come on one day. They do 10 things at once. I mean, everything's hung now. But you know what I mean? So that somebody else can come and do it. So, but even for example, if you can't afford a babysitter, let's say, there's tons of people in our neighborhood who have kids the same age that my son is best friends with. So they can go around and play with. Yeah, we can do a nanny share. Yeah. Or we can do like a, a babysitting share for the day where you go out this Saturday, we'll go out next Saturday. Is that okay with you? If we take four hours during the day, you take four hours, we'll take your kid, we take our kid. Yeah. Just to do it that way. So it's free. I feel like I'm ready for kids now. I know, exactly. Bring it on. Yes. I'm joking. Ready to pregnant somebody. Welcome <laughs> to the say, US. Don't say that. I'm someone knocking on my door next right. week or something. I know. That's what my husband always says. Like, oh, could have other kids. Who knows? Oh, Marty, it's been amazing having you on. Um, yeah, no, it's I feel like we have spoke about some, some really interesting things I don't really typically talk about, you know. Um, and it's about that next stage of life, you know, which, which you're living and, and, and yeah. loving. And I'm still figuring out. And yes, yeah. I am. I I like the challenge of figuring it out. So many women don't, and that can create so much more tension, so much unhappiness, and, and can get you to a place that's kind of hard to recover from. Um, so if you can nip these things in the bud early, that's the best chances for survival in your relationship, for sure. Excellent. Well, Marnie, how can everyone find out about you? Um, they can listen to my podcast, which is called Ask Women. It's available on iTunes, SoundCloud, basically anywhere that you can get a podcast, it's available. Yeah. Um, and they can go to my website, winggirlmethod.com. Typically, I offer up advice for men who are in the dating stages, but I'm starting to create programs and systems for, for men who are in relationships, yeah. long-term and short-term. Yeah, well, I think it's a need. Yes, It really for is, sure. you know, yeah. it really is. Yeah. Money, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Hi guys, if you enjoyed the content, why not head over to my YouTube channel and hit subscribe. If you want to send me a message directly, head on over to my Instagram, London Dating Coach, where you can contact me directly.